Clear is a faster way into Capital One Arena. Download the free Clear app to beat the crowds on game day. Enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. 15 seconds left. Lamont doubling back against Aubrey Cubell, setting it up here for Holmstrom. Circling away, sent it along the right side. Mayfield with a shot that comes in off of Kemper and sent back to the blue line. Sezikis cannot put it in at the horn, and that is going to do it. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, New York. The Capitals, an impressive effort in their second-to-last home game of the season. They take down the Islanders 5-2. to two. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The Capitals with a gutsy performance and a win over the Islanders. A quick turnaround with the team in Boston tonight. And Joe Haggerty previews the Bruins with Ben. Good morning, everybody. Today is Tuesday, April 11th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. Presented by Clear, the faster way in a Capital One arena. It was a feel-good performance last night at 7th and F as the Capitals scored twice in the first 63 seconds of the game, three times in the first period, and ultimately dented the playoff hopes of the New York Islanders, winning by a 5-2 final. Dylan Strome scored two goals, including an empty netter. Craig Smith scored the game-winning goal and had a multi-point game. And Darcy Kemper made 38 saves, and earning his first win since March 23rd. So here's a look at the Eastern Conference race for the final two playoff spots. Four teams still alive for them. The Florida Panthers, who lost in overtime last night to Toronto, they have 92 points now and hold the first wild card, one game to go. The Islanders have 91 points. They currently hold the second wild card with only one game left. Pittsburgh has two games to go, 90 points in ninth, and the Penguins play Chicago tonight and in Columbus on Thursday. And Buffalo, not dead yet, 87 points, but still three games left. They don't finish till Friday. If they win out and get help, the Sabres can still make it. Pittsburgh now controls its own fate. Two wins, and they're in. If they stumble, it's chaos. It's going to be a photo finish this week to see who makes it and who doesn't. It's a quick turnaround for the Capitals this morning, waking up in Boston and preparing to face the Bruins tonight at 7. Here with us this morning to chat with Ben is Joe Haggerty from Boston Hockey Now. On the season for the ages for the Bruins, the most wins in one season in NHL history, and what lies ahead for the NHL's top team in the regular year. Hags, nice for Boston to get a historic season like this from the Bruins. You know, a city that is so starved for sports success over the past 20 years. Just put this, another feather in the cap for the market as a whole, right? Well, obviously we're spoiled here. There's no question about it. But what I think is interesting about this is not only the timing, because... You know, as some of the other sports are like careening off the edge of the horizon with, you know, Tom Brady no longer being around with the Patriots, with the Red Sox being a mess. And, you know, the Celtics are obviously competitive and they're a good team. But like with things going in a different direction now in general for the Boston sports scene and then this unexpected season for the Boston Bruins comes along where, you know, people thought probably a playoff team. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't think anybody expected anything close to this being uh, the number one team and the president's trophy winner this year, never mind 
like threatening, you know, 1970s Canadians teams for the most points in NHL history in a regular season. Like all that stuff is just, you know, a cherry on top of the Sunday and, and greatness that, that wasn't expected. But just in general, this season, I think has been a very nice surprise for Boston sports fans. So where'd this come from? Because they're banged up to start the year. You had all these players going through offseason surgeries. Where did this come from that it is a surprise to this extent? Well, obviously, there's a couple of different things at play. You know, one of them is, and the sort of biggest thing that raised the bar for expectations was Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci both coming back uh, for one more year. You know, that really addressed the top two center spots. Krejci sliding into that number two center spot really brought it um, an, an offensive ability, a two-way ability, just such a high level of play that, you know, Eric Holla was good last year, but he was no David Krejci, obviously. And that really upped everything when you had a second-line center like Krejci coming back. But on top of that, it was just like the the slow-moving wheels of Don Sweeney and the Bruins management building a juggernaut. You know, it was a few moves here and there that when they all came together this year, you said, wow, they, they really did their homework. They understood what kind of impact these players were going to have, like – you know, Hampus Lindholm, I think, was the real turning point last year, getting him at the trade deadline. Now, all of a sudden, the Boston Bruins have uh, two number one defensemen in Charlie McAvoy and Lindholm that can play in every situation, are fantastic two-way defensemen, move the puck, play 25 to 30 minutes a night, are in the prime of their careers. Like, we, as soon as Lindholm really started to at the beginning of this year, a lot of people started talking about, have we seen a one-two defenseman punch like this in the NHL since Anaheim with uh, Chris Pronger and Niedermeyer? And I don't know that we have. I don't think other teams can match that. And, you know, combine that with Olmark becoming a Vezina Trophy uh, candidate and the best goalie in hockey and, you know, the depth that they have. Taylor Hall playing on the third line as a former Hart Trophy winner. You just go up and down the lineup. They have depth and talent everywhere. And then on top of that, they have David Pasternak just absolutely going supernova as an NHL superstar. So there's a lot of different things going on. But when you kind of look back at it now, you can see the building blocks and the pieces going into place that turned this year into something special. Is this the best you've seen Pasternak over a large sample size been pretty consistent much of this year? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, he's just taken it to a whole different level this year. He was really good a couple of years ago when he was at 48 and was about to hit 50 when COVID shut things down towards the end of the regular season. That it was as good as I'd ever seen him. And I think he's just taken it to a whole nother level now where he can just turn the dial up when he feels like it to a level that nobody else can get to uh, at points during the regular season. You saw it last night. You know, there's no Patrice Bergeron. Uh, there's no David Krejci. There's a, a number of players at home. There's a bunch of AHL players in the lineup. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you could just see it early on. Uh, Pasternak was just on and could taste the 60 goals. He ends up with 10 shots on net, three goals. Could have had five goals. He hit a post and a crossbar in addition to the hat trick. And, you know, when you have a player like that that can just put the puck in the net seemingly at will when he wants to in the prime of his career and you have all these other pieces around – it's a tremendously difficult thing to stop if you're another team. And a pretty good landing spot for a couple of former Capitals and Dmitry Orlov and Garnet Hathaway gearing up for a potential deep postseason run. How have each of them fit in in Boston? Very well. You know, Orlov really sort of uh, answered the question of, uh, you know, the top three and, and being another really frontline defenseman that the Boston Bruins can play 20-plus minutes a night in the playoffs – sturdy physical player can move the puck has the big shot at the point like really you know fills in that last blank that they had on the back end behind Lindholm 
uh, and McAvoy. And I, Garnet Hathaway is the prototypical big, bad Boston Bruins player. He's a New England kid. He grew up in Maine. He understands what the Bruins are all about. I loved talking to him about how he was a huge Bruins and Capitals fan when he was a yes. kid. And that, those were the only games he went to at the Garden. I thought that was awesome. But, like, you can see in the way that he plays – Physical, gritty, will get in uh, people's faces, stands up for teammates, you know, will hit anything that moves. Exactly what the Boston Bruins wanted and needed uh, to add in their bottom six. And really, in general, the kind of physical element that in Orlov and Hathaway that they needed to add more of for the playoffs when it gets much more physical, much more heavy, much more intense. They've fit perfectly and seamlessly as far as that goes. I, you know, it's going to be interesting to see uh, long term if they end up sticking around in Boston, but they were the perfect rental additions at the trade deadline uh, for an expected long playoff run in Boston. Joe, we've seen in past years here in Washington, President's Trophy winners where they quote unquote have to manufacture intensity down the stretch. It's a first world hockey problem to have, but <laughs> the fact that the yep. Bruins did lock up the division, home ice, President's Trophy, et cetera, did the record, did it? means something did it provide a little bit of a carrot and they could still set the mark for most points in a year has this been a little something that they could at least play for down the stretch when pretty much everything else is spoken for yeah i think so and they were still playing pretty good teams that had things to play for as well you know the devils uh the other night playing against the leafs but i think chasing history, chasing the 63 wins, trying to surpass the 132 points, which now uh, they have two chances to do it here with two games left. You know, those kind of things did keep them locked in, did keep them focused. And their their mantra under Jim Montgomery this year has been focusing on the process. These records gave them something to laser focus on right now to continue to give their best, even though they've locked up almost everything else. The chase for history has been good for them, no question. That's Ben with Joe Haggerty from Boston Hockey Now. It's the back half of a 2-2 two and two tonight and the second-to-last game of the regular season. It's the Capitals and the Boston Bruins tonight at 7. Airtime will be at 645 on Caps Radio 24-7. Heard at CapsRadio247.com. Have a great game day Tuesday, everybody. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.